The Mind Your Home podcast is now available on video. To watch the video associated with this episode and see any visuals that may be mentioned in the episode, follow the link in the description to the YouTube channel. You're listening to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home podcast. Today, I want to share with you 15 simple habits that will help you to have a more minimal home and life. You may have heard it said before that 40 to 90% of what we do, the beliefs that we have, the actions that we take, the decisions that we make, all boil down to habits. So habits are incredibly important in order to be able to achieve any of our goals, but of course they're happening all the time, we just aren't always intentional about them. Now I've been talking about habits for many years now. You can listen to some of my old podcast episodes where I break down habit tracking. That one thing I've started doing is tracking my hourly activities, I guess you could say. Pretty much everything, like I am tracking everything. I've been into bullet journaling and I've always had some kind of a habit tracking app. And tracking in particular not only helps you to stay accountable to your habits and actually build them to where they can become automated things that are done with ease, you know, that you're not having to forcefully do every time, but also you can use that data from habit tracking to influence future decisions and future planning. Right now I'm using the Habitify app and I'm loving it. So I wanna give a big shout out to Habitify and thank them for partnering with me on this video. Let's go ahead and dive in. I'm gonna kick this off with my number one favorite habit when it comes to your home and keeping things clutter free and that is heat mapping. So heat mapping is essentially an awareness technique that brings awareness to the items that you're using versus the ones that you're not. So it's really simple to do. You can do it in pretty much any area of your home, but the way that you would do it with products, for example, is that you would have all of your products together in one grouping, and then as you use something, you would set it off to the side and start a new group. That's it. So then you can come in a month later or after some specified period of time and see what's left in the original grouping, you know, the things that weren't reached for for that entire time. So this helps to bring awareness to the things that you're actually using. A lot of times we forget, you know, or we assume that we're using something more frequently than we actually are. This can also be done in your wardrobe by flipping a hanger around after you wear something or by setting something off to the other side of the closet after it's worn. The second habit that I talk about quite a bit is what I call feeding your brain. And this is essentially keeping things top of mind. So if you're working toward a goal, whether that is fitness, a clutter-free home, um, improved mental health, like whatever it is that you're trying to improve on, you wanna make sure that that thing is staying in your daily feed. So that could be the media that you're consuming, it could be social media, books, um, documentaries, YouTube, like whatever it is that you're trying to build upon, you know, making sure that those things are in your feed so that it's automatically keeping that subject top of mind. This is another type of awareness technique, but it's also an anchoring technique. So for example, in your home, if you're wanting to create a more holistic clutter-free home space, then you might want to follow people who talk about having a clutter-free home or who share images that inspire you and give you ideas to keep that goal top of mind. Number three is a practice or a habit of being present. One of the most unhealthy things that I think that we can do mentally, and I've seen it like impact people's environments from the things that they hold on to and the clutter that they collect, is holding on too tightly to the past 
and trying to just live in and dwell in mistakes of the past or things that were painful of the past or even things that were like really happy in the past and not wanting to kind of detach from that and move on it can really just hold you down and bog down your space. It can bog down your mind. Similarly, focusing all of your time and attention on the future and completely disregarding the present can also make you unhappy because you're never taking the time to enjoy the present moment. Now, of course, if you want to get more official with it, practices like meditation are great. That's one of the habits that I track is how frequently I meditate and I try to do it at least once a week. But honestly, whenever I find myself getting really stressed out, usually it's when I start getting a knot right here on my right scapula, I naturally like habitually am drawn to meditate. It's like my brain and my body know that that's something that I need in order to feel better. So of course it can look different for different people, but essentially you want to declutter your mind take some deep breaths and make sure that you're taking the time to recenter and find that balance. Number four is movement. Now, if you watch the channel very long, you know that my type of movement is yoga. I love yoga and I do my yoga with Adrian all the time. But you know, maybe yours is running or walking or weightlifting at the gym. Our bodies were made to move. And so you'll start to develop a lot of stagnant energy and you can even become depressed and get a lot of mental clutter if you don't allow your body to frequently move and get that circulation going to your brain. And you can even increase your productivity by just moving your body. Number five is a habit of awareness. And this is so important that it can be applied to so many different categories. For example, self-awareness is huge. It's so huge that it's one of the first things that I teach to people who are trying to have a clutter-free space is to practice self-awareness, you know, being aware of why you hold on to the things that you hold on to, or when your energy is gonna be the highest or when you're gonna feel the most depleted. That type of information can be really beneficial to taking on a task like decluttering your space in the first place. Also, there's awareness of your space. Sometimes we get so used to where things are located that our brain starts to block that out as being unimportant information, right? There's so many things that you can pay attention to at any given time. So if there are things that are cluttering your walls or you've had boxes and piles that have been living on the floor or in a corner for a significant period of time, you stop noticing those things. So by developing a practice of being aware of your surroundings, you'll start to notice things that you're no longer getting use out of or that are no longer in season, you know? And even just in life in general, like some people, I feel like their first response to anything is to be offended and they're just constantly offended. I like the way Marie Forleo says, you know, don't offend yourself by what I'm saying because a lot of people just have this habit of offending themselves by allowing themselves to be offended by everything that happens. And it's gotta be a miserable way to live. So this is just another example of where you could use self-awareness to really remove a lot of that mental clutter and just have a simpler, more pleasant existence. I've gotten into the habit to where whenever I'm offended or I'm upset with somebody, I immediately question is there a different way that I could be looking at this? Is the way that I'm looking at it the only way to look at it? Self-awareness for anybody is just really important for the entire human species, you know? Like developing awareness and how you're interacting with the world and even how you're interacting with your environment can be incredibly liberating. Number six is digitizing. And I know that this is a topic that really splits the room because some people are all about that digital life and some people are not. 
and I get it like I enjoy putting pen to paper too but I also think that there's so much benefit especially for our homes in learning to digitize and digitize quickly so for me whenever I get mail or I get letters from the girls school or something that I need to tend to but for some reason I'm not ready to tend to it at that moment I'll just snap a picture of it with my phone so that I can get rid of the physical copy I've said before in my video on 15 systems that have simplified my life that I put all of our appointments and reminders on the Google Calendar and then I had that attached to Alexa. So if the girls want to know when their orthodontist appointments are, they don't have to ask me and I don't have to keep all of that information in my head and I don't have a physical paper that I'm going to forget, you know, if I go to the grocery store and I need my list. The key is though to make it a habit to where you're doing it automatically. So a lot of people would prefer to put things aside and maybe have a set time where you go through and digitize everything and that works too. For me though, I like to do it immediately because it's just like an immediate response that I have to receiving papers or to receiving dates and setting appointments. And so again, it really helps to minimize our space and we don't have sticky notes and papers and cards all over the place. And it helps to declutter my mind because I don't feel like everything is resting on my shoulder. I have had people ask, what happens if the system breaks? And my response to that is, I think that there is a much more likely chance that something happens to a piece of paper, I spill coffee all the time, than there is of Google going down or the internet crashing. And even if it did, like, I would have to make a few phone calls, right? And maybe reschedule some appointments or rewrite my grocery list. Staying in theme of doing things automatically, number seven is to immediately rehome items. And by rehome, I don't mean give them a new home, I mean put them back in their own home. And so like if you use the can opener, it's so much easier to just put it back where you got it than to set it on the counter and have to collect 20 things later. And when you do that so frequently, like every time you have a glass that you're going to be through with for the entire day, just rinsing it and putting it in the top shelf of the dishwasher, it becomes easy because again, it's a habit. It's not something that you think about. It's just something that you do. It's this automation that takes over. And then later on, when you have time set aside to clean or pick things up, you're not having to pick up quite so much. Number eight is something I call organic decluttering. I mentioned it in this video on how to find the time to declutter because a lot of people really struggle with finding large quantities of time to do big projects of decluttering. Organic decluttering just means that any area where you already are, you declutter something in that area. So it could be that you're in the bathroom brushing your teeth or going through your morning or evening routine in the restroom. And while you're standing there, you're going through the medicine cabinet and removing things that you're no longer using. Following your natural flow of things that you're already doing and places that you're already going and it allows you to make consistent and constant progress single tasking. I know you've probably heard about this all over the place, so I'm not going to just beat it into you, but I do find myself doing this sometimes as well. You know, I was checking my email yesterday and I found that before I even opened any of the emails, I was already trying to mentally manage what I was going to do with each one. And each email was on a subject that was totally unrelated to the rest. So my mind was like trying to hit all of these different points and I had to stop and tell myself, no, that's not what we're doing right now. We're focusing on this other one thing. I can even feel myself getting mentally frazzled in that mental clutter as soon as I start trying to handle multiple things at once. As soon as I tell myself though, or allow myself to just focus on one thing, I immediately feel a release. And it's also really beneficial in your home when it comes to decluttering or to cleaning, to not bounce from one room or one area to another and burn up all of your energy and waste tons of time. A lot of times you may not even see the results because you're not efficiently or effectively completing any one area by bouncing around so much. 
Number 10 is getting enough sleep. This is something that I personally track because it's just so important and I feel like we don't respect the sleep enough. Whenever I'm missing even an hour of sleep, I physically feel the results of that and I can see the results of that. My eyes get puffy and red, my voice starts getting scratchy and it really makes sense when you think about it because that's when our body is repairing and recharging and that's when our minds are putting all the things in the place where they're supposed to be and organizing our mental space. That's when all the hormones in your body and the chemicals are doing their thing and getting back to the balance of where they're supposed to be. So you can really feel the effects of that when you're not tending to your sleep. You'll find that the things that you do try to accomplish when you're running on empty in the sleep area are not even done well and they're definitely not done easily. It takes more effort and a lot more energy and time to accomplish things when you're not fully recharged that otherwise would be simple. Number 11 is another one that I personally track for myself and that is achieving inbox zero. So my goal is to achieve inbox zero twice a day. So I track it and I do it in the morning and at night and that really helps to keep down the mental clutter and the digital clutter that can so easily pile up. I started using my friend Kath's method. She has this method of starboxing is what she calls it. I'll leave the link to that down in the description. She has a free class where she covers all of that stuff. But ever since doing that, I feel like my email has been at the next level. Like everything has a place and a category, which is nice because it gives me a quick win on my habit tracking. So it's something that I always know that I can click and it's gonna make my graph look a lot prettier to make up for some of the areas where I'm not succeeding so well, like waking up early in the morning. Number 12 is developing a habit of wishlisting over purchasing. This is something that I share in my video on how to curve your shopping. And essentially, as you come across things that you want, instead of adding them to your cart or immediately purchasing them, getting into the habit of adding those to a wishlist. I also shared in my video recently on minimalist gift ideas that I keep a running list of things that I would be interested in for times like my birthday or for Christmas so that I have those ideas to pull from. It's helpful for other people and then also I don't end up with a bunch of clutter in my home, things that I was gifted and I'm not gonna use, which I know is a common issue for people. A, you're saving money, you're saving your space because you're giving yourself that grace period to see, do I really even want this thing or is it just something that caught my eye? And B, you're having a list then to to hand off to other people. And also it kind of takes away the sting of telling yourself no, which can be really hard to do sometimes. So you're still getting to click the button, you're still getting to hold on to the idea of that thing. And at the same time, you're not actually purchasing it at that moment on the spot. And number 13 is to develop a habit of tenacity. It is simple. It may not necessarily be easy, especially if this isn't a habit that you've already curated. A lot of people have a habit of just throwing their hands in the air every time something looks hard, it drives me crazy. Um, and I found that this is especially a big barrier when it comes to getting the clutter out. Of my students, one of the biggest issues that I see come up is this limiting belief of what they're able to accomplish in their homes. And that belief system leads them to just give up whenever it looks like it's not gonna happen or it looks like things are gonna be difficult. But it's like Charles Duhigg says in The Power of Habits, willpower is a habit. People have a habit of powering through things, pushing through with tenacity and optimism and how can I figure this out instead of saying I can't figure this out. And those types of people who've developed that habit have more success in everything because that habit transfers and translates across all things. And so if there's one thing that you could really benefit from developing a habit of that's gonna make your life feel easier, feel more simple, and it's gonna make your home more readily look the way that you're wanting it to look, that's gonna be a habit of tenacity. 
So those are the top 13 habits that I recommend for a more minimal home and life. A lot of these I use myself to track, so I wanna show you how I track these and how you can get benefit out of using an app like Habitify. And a big thanks to Habitify for partnering with me on this video. I used to do a bullet journal pretty regularly and I still do it sometimes, but what I found with a bullet journal is that I get into moods for it and then when I'm out of those moods, I stop checking in on my habits. So when there are things that I really wanna focus on now and I wanna be reminded of at least daily, sometimes more than once a day, I use Habitify for all of those things because it allows me to really easily track them and set notifications so that I'm not able to forget. So what I love about the Habitify app is that it's simple but specific. It's very minimalist in style and simple to use, so there are fewer breakdown points, and so I'm all about simplicity. But at the same time, I'm able to get extremely specific with my goals and my schedule. So I can schedule things for any interval, every third day, only on Wednesdays and Fridays, and you can use a variety of measurements. You can measure by count, by milliliters, liters, or ounces, or timed, which comes with its own timer built in. The habits that I'm currently tracking are inbox zero twice a day, meditation once a week, yoga three times a week. I have a count set for the days when I wake up early, which is currently my biggest challenge. And then I have water and updates. So since I always use the same water bottle and I know that it measures as 19 ounces, I'm tracking this one as a count as well. So every time I hit the button, it means that I finished a full bottle of water. For updates, in my business, I have an archive of data that I'm constantly needing to go back and update, and I add all of these things to an updates list, and once per day, I have a timer set for 60 minutes to just go through and work my way through that updates list. There's also a built-in mood tracker, which I think is a really cool addition, and you can see all of this information in graphs and visualizations. So the graphs are gonna show you days that you've chosen to skip a habit, that you've failed a habit, that you've been successful or partially completed a habit. As you can see on some of the days where I made the first inbox zero, but I didn't quite make the second. It also shows you how many streaks you have and what your longest streaks are to encourage you to keep achieving the goals that you have set for yourself, as well as a clear breakdown of habit success percentages. You can use Habitify on Android, iPhone, it integrates with Apple Health, and there's a Mac and PC version as well as a browser version. So wherever you are, you're easily able to track and stay on top of your habits. So if you wanna try this out for yourself, I will have a link down in the description. You're able to use the app for free for up to three habits, which is really a great way to try it out and start building some habits. Now, of course, if you find that it's beneficial, you can unlock even more habits and features with a premium version. So let me know down in the comments, what are some habits that you are in the process of building or breaking?